Tere, and welcome to History of Estonia podcast, episode 31, The First World War. In this episode, we follow the book History of Estonia, published in 1997, verbatim into the First World War. In the war, Estonia's historical masters are at war with one another. The Estonian people weren't very excited about either side winning, as it was just basically picking between two masters, and neither of them was greatly preferred over the other. The First World War, which broke out in July 1914, resulted in the defeat and disillusion of several European empires and the independence of small East European nations. The Finns, Estonians, Latvians, Lithuanians, Poles, Czechs, and Slovaks achieved independent statehood. In spite of the final result, which favored small nations, the World War represented a, a real ordeal for all states and nations participating in it, and its negative consequences had an influence over many years. Unlike the Russians, who shared an overwhelming mood of enthusiastic patriotism, Estonians did not have the slightest wish to fight for religion, czar, and fatherland. There were no predictable final outcomes the war could bring which seemed favorable to Estonians. It was feared that a Russian victory would cause the rise of militant chauvinism and a new wave of Russification. A German victory would mean unlimited power for the Baltic Germans in Estonia. For the oppressed nations, the only opportunities lay in the war dragging on and wearing both sides. But at the beginning of the war, the chances of this were not considered re realistic. It was necessary to be cautious with one's real thoughts. The press, as well as Estonian representatives in the Duma, had to be seen to hold ultra-patriotic sentiments. When the war broke out, the central government started to reduce the rights of the Baltic Germans. Organizations and newspapers sympathizing with Berlin were closed down. Many opposition figures were banished from the Baltic countries. The use of German language was restricted, and the influence of the Baltic Germans in state affairs decreased. This now seemed to offer a chance for Estonians to occupy the higher posts in local governments that had been previously filled by the Baltic Germans. Also, for the first time, the Germans offered some concessions to the local population in order to create a joint front against the general government. Thus, a project was devised which envisaged the creation of a joint Estonian-German provincial council. These hopes proved to be groundless. The coalition with the Germans never happened and the majority of Estonians opposed this compromise. The central government did not trust Estonians to deal with local problems, and so Russian officials replaced German ones. During the war, the national movement became livelier again. This was initiated by the establishment of several war-related organizations and institutions. In Tallinn and in Tartu, 
War industry committees started their activity. Their function was to deliver the orders for military goods to the Estonian enterprises. Besides Russians and Baltic Germans, Estonians also actively participated in, in them, thus receiving a chance for the first time to be involved in the management of the economy of their own country. The Tallinn Committee of the League of Nations became a gathering point for North Estonian nationalists. Formally, this body had also been created to support the Russian army and to keep order on the home front. In practice, the more active nationalists met there to discuss topical issues, as well as the future of Estonia. The largest organization, based on the self-initiative of the people, became the Northern Baltic Committee, founded by Jan Tunison. Departments of this organization were based all over the country, and its central committee was located in Tartu. It united nationally-minded individuals. The task of the Northern Baltic Committee was to take care of refugees arriving in Estonia, to provide the Russian army with food, and to meet the economic needs of Estonia. In these areas, the committee managed to achieve a lot. At the same time, they kept propagating nationalist ideas. The war had a harmful effect on agriculture. Some 30% of the farmers and 45% of manor workers were conscripted to the armed forces. This created a shortage of workforce and restricted production. The requisition of horses and a major part of the cattle and agricultural production for the needs of the army paralyzed agriculture. It was impossible to buy new agricultural equipment and fertilizers and ground and plant improvement and cattle breeding activities stopped. The decrease in agricultural production caused supply problems, which threatened to leave the bigger towns in a state of hunger. Estonian industry had to rely on, on imported raw materials before the war. Now the German Navy had cut off trade in the Baltic Sea. The discontinuation of English coal imports caused irrevocable damage. Due to the overloaded railways, it was almost more difficult to get raw materials from Russia. The majority of enterprises changed military production. Shells, cartridges, vehicles, uniforms, boots, etc., creating a shortage of consumer goods. The equipment of the factories were out, but it was impossible to renew it in wartime. The quality of the workforce decreased. Skilled workers had been conscripted, and farmers, adolescents, and women replaced them. In 1916, only 51% of factory workers were adult men. Entrepreneurs, businessmen, and farmers made huge profits from the increase in prices caused by the shortage of consumer goods and foodstuffs at the beginning of the war. Soon, the increase in prices was accompanied by a decrease in the value of money and rapid inflation, which turned all savings into useless heaps of paper. The cooperative banks also suffered losses, as there were no options for investment 
and they had to buy war bonds with the sum of the reserves. Although the events of warfare did not directly concern Estonia, Russia's lack of success had an indirect influence. In 1915, German troops moved quickly eastwards, occupying Lithuania and part of Latvia. The front reached as far as the Daugava River. The battles took place near Riga. Tens of thousands of refugees from Latvia arrived in Estonia, increasing the burden on the Estonian economy. The refugees needed to be accommodated to receive food and other necessities to find work, etc. The situation was especially complicated in South Estonia, where the majority of the refugees stayed. In August 1915, German warships appeared in the coastal waters of Estonia. They sailed through the Straits of Erbe to the Gulf of Riga in order to destroy the Russian squadron located there. In the course of the operation, Kurosari and Pernu were fired upon, which caused the local authorities and population to fear a possible landing of German troops. In Pernu, panicking people blew up the Waldhof paper mill that belonged to a German company. At the same time, the inhabitants of Paldiski made their acquaintance with the new German air weapon, the Zeppelin airship. The bombs thrown from the Zeppelins did not do much damage, but they aggravated the fear spreading among the people. The ruling circles considered evacuating the Estonian population. The nationalist circles opposed such plans. They informed people about the accompanying dangers and urged them to stay in their homeland. This created conflict with the Russian officials, who considered that such appeals undermined the ruling authorities. Before the war, it had already been decided to turn Tallinn into a military base for the Russian Baltic Fleet. During the war, extensive works were carried out to build a fortified naval base named after Peter the Great. The fortifications were situated on the islands in the Bay of Tallinn, on the coast, and as a semicircle around Tallinn. Tallinn was garrisoned with 30,000 infantrymen and 20,000 seamen. Intensive fortification works were also carried out on the western coast and islands of Estonia. The fortified positions of Muhu Strait was built. Tens of thousands of workers and soldiers were engaged with this work. When the fighting reached the vicinity of Riga, Estonia found itself close to the front, an area where re reserves were located and new units were assembled, supplied, and trained. The biggest garrisons were situated in Narva, Tartu, Volga, and Voru. At the beginning of 1917, the number of soldiers located in Estonia was more than 100,000. During the war, about 100,000 Estonians were conscripted into the Russian army. About 10,000 were killed at the front, with many more injured. Many of the Estonian soldiers were taken prisoner of war and only managed to return home 
after the end of the war. This was the highest number of casualties the Estonian nation had ever suffered. The majority of those conscripted were taken out of Estonia and scattered all over the huge front. In military units that mainly consisted of Russians, Estonians were persecuted in their poor knowledge of Russian language. In order to improve the conditions of the men and to be ready to offer better protection in case of a possible German invasion of Estonia, the idea developed in Estonia of establishing national military units. This idea was supported by figures from the more threatened northern areas, led by Willem Reimann and Jan Tunnesen, while the Tallinn nationalist groups resisted it. The idea was sustained by the fact that nationalist units established in Latvia contributed greatly to the stopping of the German army offensive in 1915, but the plan of establishing national units in Estonia remained unrealized. By the end of 1916, due to the prolonged war, an exhausted Russia was on the verge of collapse. The economy was ruined. The supplies of raw material and fuel were about to run out. The disorganized transportation could not guarantee supply to businesses. There was a severe shortage of consumer goods. The shortage of foodstuffs threatened to leave towns in hunger. Inflation caused monetary problems. The army was demoralized. The soldiers were weary of the war, and more than 1.5 million men had arbitrarily left the front. There was no sufficient supply of arms or equipment to form new military units. The government was confused. The agreements concluded with other states did not allow it to abandon the war. But the worsening internal situation did not allow it to continue. Discreet attempts to find out about options of concluding a separate peace with Germany were met with resistance from the opposition. It initiated rumors about the need for a palace revolution to replace the Tsar with Grand Duke Nicholas Nikolaevich, or a push to replace the monarchy with a democratic republic. The weakening of Russia offered new chances for the ethnic minorities. The first to make use of the situation were the Poles, who declared a restoration of the independent Polish state on the 5th November of 1916. Similar ideas were held in Finland, as well as in the Baltic countries. All the necessary political, economic, and cultural preconditions for independent statehood were now present in Estonia. And that's where we will leave our episode for today. When we meet next time, we'll cover cultural development at the end of the 19th and beginning of the 20th century, before we go on to cover the coming of statehood from 1917 to 1920. So, until next time, Nagamiseni.